Trails Collective. Welcome to this week's episode of TC Live. We have a huge show for you today. We've got Britta Clark, we've got Matt Lipsy, we've got Grace Hot Pants Langheim. We got some people from the Coca Dona 250, including Cole Crosby, who I am also recording a podcast with today. So many people, so many races to get through. So I'm going to just stop talking and let the episode speak for itself. Follow me on Instagram at Gazelli. Follow the Trails Collective on Instagram at the underscore trails underscore collective. Yeah, we love easy handles. All right. Uh, enjoy the show, guys. All right, Trails Collective World, thank you so much for tuning in either this evening as we're going live here on May 10th or uh, post-episode, if you're finding it after the fact. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, if you would like to drop a comment into the comment feed or ask a question for uh, any of us on the Trails Collective uh, episode this evening, uh, drop it into the Trails Collective's Facebook page or YouTube stream. I won't see it until after the effect or after the fact, rather. Uh, in my own personal feed, uh, but it is great to uh, have you on and tuning in. Excited for another pretty packed episode uh, this evening or this round, uh, bringing you voices from a number of trail events uh, across uh, not just the eastern uh, seaboard here, but pulling one in from Arizona as well. A lot of cool events ran uh, this past weekend, and it's our hope to highlight not necessarily just always the bigger ones, uh, that everybody's familiar with, but also to give a voice and a bit of a platform to maybe some of those that you haven't heard about. So thank you for tuning in and uh, thank you for supporting the Trails Collective. Uh, you can, if not already, like the stations. If you're not already a Patreon supporter, every little bit helps. And we try to turn it uh, back around into supporting uh, regional athletes uh, and also uh, events and uh, companies. Uh, maybe we'll get there. Uh, so thanks for all of your support. Uh, so we are going to uh, start this episode. I am going to bring in a uh, at least a virtual friend here, uh, Britta. I, we will meet uh, at some point. Uh, Britta was uh, gracious enough to, I think, uh, weigh in with at least a couple of clips over the past year or two for some of the uh, TC Live or the weekly rundown episodes. So Britta, it's good to see you uh, again and in person somewhat. Good to see um, you too. Totally. All right, and so uh, Britt is on tonight uh, to give us a bit of insight or pitch something that she has uh, in the works. Uh, and so uh, Britt, take it, uh, let us know what you're working on. Sure, yeah, thanks Thanks for having me on, Ian. Um, sure. Yeah, so I spent a lot of time running races, but um, for the past five years or so, I've also been organizing one um, and just wanted to come on and spread the word about it in case folks haven't heard about it. Um, called the Goshen Gallop. Um, it's a shorter race than maybe some of you are into, um, but it's a five and 10 kilometer race in Goshen, Vermont. Um, and all the proceeds from the race go towards the Blueberry Hill Outdoor Center um, and towards maintaining the same trails that you run on during the race. Um, it's a pretty, pretty hilly, moderately technical race, um, super fun trails, super awesome views. Um, this will be its 44th year. Um, so my Which dad. Which is pretty awesome. Yeah, I think one of the oldest oldest races in the East Coast. Um, so my, my dad started it 44 years ago, and now I've 
taken. I don't know if I knew that, that it was a, a family thing. And I think that, yeah, even though I think you plugged it maybe in the clip uh, a year or so ago, I don't, I think I missed that it was like the 44th year. And I need to add that to the, uh, I have historic roots of Northeast trail races as a feature article on the trails collective site. And I don't oh, think cool. I missed that one, but yeah, that would probably, that would be literally probably just behind, I don't know. What was, I, don't remember the how year, I, think. I forget what it is. I think that the oldest sure. one that I have on there is maybe JFK. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, but, huh. All right. Sorry. Interrupted you though, but the no, no, that's, that's great. pretty awesome. Um, yeah. So yeah. Historic race. Um, the, the women's course record has been broken for three years in a row and I would love to see that continue. Um, and the men's course record hasn't been broken for 12 years. So would love to see that go down. Um, and this is this is not public knowledge yet. Well, now it, now it will be, but um, we're going to offer a little cash prize for anyone who beats those records. Um, so would love to see some of you speedsters out there, um, and just in general, anyone who wants to come out and push themselves on a on a hard course. Um, there's pizza after from a wood fired oven and swimming and bonfires and. Um, yeah, just generally a really, really good time. And if you stay the night and want to do a long run with me the day after, that's great too. <laughs> um, that's bonus too for the weekend. What's the, what's the date of the race again? It's July 16th. So it July is Vermont 16th. 100 weekend. So, uh -huh. um, but who anyway. goes to Vermont 100 anymore? I, I exactly. think where it's at is like Ocean Gallop. I mean, come on. Exactly. Um, uh -huh. yeah, a little bit, a little bit shorter if that's what you're into. Um, and yeah, I have a code for you guys. If anyone wants $10 off, you just put in uh, trails collective, all caps when you, when you register. Um, and we also, if, if uh, the registration is prohibitive for anyone, we're like very happy to, to comp entries if it's, if it's a barrier. So just reach out if you have questions about that. Um, nice yeah, we'd love proactive to code. Huh? What, nice work on the proactive code. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Correct. And then you can track whether anybody out there is actually listening and mm -hmm. matrix lasagna or Matt, um, I know you're in the back end at the moment, but uh, in terms of a, a speedster, I forget what you've got going late July, but I'd be one to maybe take a crack at that, uh, that record. Um, but there's definitely some, what's the distance again? You said, oh, sorry, you said it in the beginning. Five, five and 10K. Five and 10K. 10K uh, is so the, is the one where the records have are uh, the sturdy records. The 5K tends to um, not be as popular, but Mm -hmm. And how many people roughly have done it historically or past few years? Uh, or I guess outside of COVID. I mean, 100 and 200 usually. Okay. Yeah. And Blueberry Hill, what's Blueberry Hill all about? What's it supporting? Um, so it's Blueberry Hill Outdoor Center. It's right next to the Blueberry Hill Inn, which some of you might have heard of. Um, but it's a four-season outdoor center. We do backcountry skiing in the winter and running and biking and hiking in the summer. Um, it's right right in the middle of the Moose Moon National Recreation Area, um, which is in the Green Mountain National Forest. Um, so we maintain about uh, 40 kilometers of trails, mostly double track um, running skiing trails. Um, but the area is just, you can you can run, you know, a hundred miles without, without going on the same trail twice, um, combining all the networks in the area. So it's a pretty, nice. it's a pretty special zone. And would love to see folks out there exploring it. There's also uh, it's this it's the same site as the Musumu Ultra, which some of you yeah. may have done, and is also um, happening this year. I don't organize that, but it's 
I'll be racing it and it's, it's super fun. So plug, I'll plug cool. that one. too. And will you run your own races? Have you taken a crack at your own record? <laughs> um, the first year I organized it, I, I tried to run as well and it was, it was very stressful. So I, <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> I, uh, I do not run. I, yep. I stress out about the timing. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, I think putting on races always, uh, I think, scorch me more than actually uh, running them and i feel like oh, there's too many potential fires to be tending to or putting out on the back end that i don't know how anybody both races an event that they're also putting on i don't get how that works no there's there's always something during during covid we did uh we did waves we did four races throughout one day <laughs> so that that was maybe the the most ultra marathon like race organizing experience but um well yeah well, awesome. Um, well, I appreciate you coming back on, uh, queuing us into Goshen uh, Gallup. I think that sometimes that um, toward the end of July uh, calendar gets a bit sparse. Some of the areas you can't, you just can't get the permits to uh, put races on, uh, let alone long ones, I guess, in the east where you can just get buried by the heat and humidity. Uh, so that is great. So I hope some people uh, check it out um, and it would be cool to some, see if that carrot makes that record go down. Yeah. And if not, just come come run the trails in the area, um, Blueberry Hill Outdoor Center. Tons of tons of awesome trails to get a, a long, hilly run in if you're in the area. Great. Yeah. Um, well, Britta. You. Yeah, totally. Thank you so much, and I will connect with you more later. Yeah. See you soon. All right. See ya. Uh, so thank you so much uh, to Britta. And if you are an event uh, director out there, you have something going on, feel free to reach out as well. And we might be able to plug you in or uh, weave you in just like that and at least reach a few more people. I know as RDs, uh, it's always um, a challenge on uh, getting to people. So for sure, reach out if you've got something. All right, uh, next one, I am going to weave in uh, Sullivan Summer. I have not um, I met you in person. I don't think we met on a breakneck weekend, but I appreciate you being uh, in the mix and I appreciate you giving up some of your, your time here. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. For sure. Um, so hopefully your your drains are uh, shower drains are unclogged at this point from the the mud that you you brought home from the weekend. Well, thankfully I um, I stayed in a hotel over the weekend and left a huge tip to the right. to the you... housekeeping staff at the Sheridan Four Points in Northeast Philadelphia after I completely mucked up the bathtub with my clothing. Big, <laughs> big shout shoes. out to the crew then at the Sheraton Four Points. Thank you. And I don't think I was the only one there out. either. Mm -hmm. So huge shout out um, to to the cleaning crew at the Sheraton Four Points in Northeast Philadelphia. Maybe that's the last time they become a partner hotel for uh, the Dirty German. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. <laughs> yeah, right on. Uh, well, it is great to have you. Thanks for. So I, I've been scrambling uh, today. I have another event that I'm putting on this uh, weekend. And right before here, I was doing some grocery shopping and picking up the aid station staples and got a little bit behind. But I did come up with a um, just on the fly and hopefully they're kind of fun and not just obnoxious. Okay. A few questions here uh, for you to yeah. uh, just put out and then we can just kind of go where the, the conversation goes. Um, Sounds good. All right, cool. So we are. Let's see. Let's go with, okay, so you you recently moved from, what, Seattle to New York moved, City area? Exactly. Yep. Moved from Seattle to uh, to Manhattan about six months ago. All right. All right. So let's go with, um, we're going to go for a multiple choice uh, question here uh, okay. to bridge that topic. So you moved from Seattle to New York City because, A, New York City is where the Amazon action is these days. B, 
Tiger Mountain isn't even as big as Central Park. And in Central Park, you get to see more people hooking up in the woods as you run by. C, it gets tiring running on such beautiful non-technical trails around Seattle and Washington that you thought you'd move east and try crushing your legs for a change. Or D, all of the above. Uh, I For sure, all of the above. That's for great. sure, all of you, all of the above, for sure. Yeah. I'm glad that I got to, to nail those then um, on the fly. That would have been awkward if you, nice if you wanted to just pick one. Nice work. Yeah. Um, so what, uh, so how's it been? So you've been getting out there, you've done a couple of events uh, moving east and you're kind of immersing yourselves in the surroundings. How's it going? Yeah, it's going well. So I got it's it's really been recently that I've gotten out truly out right um, through the through the winter. I am uh, I'm training for Western states it, uh, after six years of trying. Uh, this year was the the magic year. the The downside of that is uh, the lottery occurred about three weeks after I moved to Midtown Manhattan um, uh -huh. <laughs> from 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 Seattle and all the beautiful non technical trail um, on the West Coast. And so Central Park is a little tough uh, for training ground for Western states. Yeah. Um, so now that as we're as we're getting into the nicer weather, I'm trying to get out, um, trying to get out a little bit more. And um, that's what sent me to uh, the Dirty German down in Philly uh, mm -hmm. over the weekend for for a 50 miler. I've got uh, I've got three consecutive weeks of 50 milers headed oh, headed wow. into Western states uh, training weekend Memorial Day. Oh, wow. So what's what's the next two weekends on the consecutive? So um, this coming weekend is Mohonk Preserve, mm -hmm. which is in upstate New York. Um, yep. That's carriage trails. So I think it's relatively flat. And then I'm mm -hmm. headed up to San Francisco the following weekend for the San Francisco 50 miler. Oh, right on. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes. And Mohonk, have you run up uh, Mohonk Preserve yet? Or no. Have you there? Cool. No. Again, I'm a, I'm a, I went all in on Manhattan, so I don't have a car. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but it's a it's a three days in a production for me to get. Yeah. <laughs> To get an hour outside of the city to run a trail run. <laughs> huh. And that's, I mean, I mean to, to that point, I guess it's at least breakneck. We get some of the people each year that will come up just on the train. Uh, you got to leave pretty uh, wicked late yeah. or like the last train out or whatever. But it's cool that you can get so far out and at least close to these trail networks just by high speed uh, rail. But to your point, kind of that last little bit, once you get there, is, it can be a bit of a stretch. And so when you're really trying to put in some long miles and some cool trail networks, yeah, I can see that being a uh, logistical consideration. It, it it is it is for sure. It's been it's been an adjustment for sure. The logistics. Yeah. All right. So uh, you chose Uber Endurance Events. Another multiple choice here. Yeah. Uh, a because you knew there was a slim chance that you'd be able to earn one of these gems for the win. In case you in case you got one of those, or didn't didn't get those, um, which are pretty hot. Uh, B. In this age of increasing wokeness, you are curious how a company still gets away with a race name like Dirty German. C, you might score an opportunity to play play the Glockenspiel post-race. And to be honest, I don't even know what the Glockenspiel is. In the moment, I was trying to remember what the like the accordion instrument was, and just Glockenspiel mm. came to mind. So just roll with it here if that's technically okay. not even an instrument. All right. And then uh, D, none of the above, uh, but why really? What, what took you to Uber Endurance? Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't have a choice about Lederhosen. I was that felt like I was an obvious. Go, I was it felt like that an obvious option. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. No. So, so chance to do a 50 miler. You know, just to, just to get the just to get the miles in, and and you know, Philly's about an hour and a half drive um, for New York City, so kind of easy to get easy to get to. Um, was excited about the trail. Looked like a beautiful trail. Um, of course, all that was before the weather forecast came through. Mm -hmm. um, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, but, yep. uh, but, but yeah, just a chance to, just a tra chance to get on some trails. And again, it's hard. 
unless I leave the city, you know, Central Park is 10K around. And so I mm -hmm. can do that many, many times, which I've done. Um, or I can run in a straight line um, over the George Washington Bridge and northward into New Jersey. Um, and again, a straight line for, you know, approximately 18 to 20 miles and then turn around and come back again. Um, or I can get out of town. Yep. And it is amazing how I already referenced it, but I remember over the years before I really started uh, exploring more of the uh, parks to put on races out around New York City uh, area, you know, New York City would always come up as like the top trail towns, like the trail runner magazines. And I was always just baffled. I was like, what are, what are you talking about? I don't just, know like, where these trails are. I have, I, don't, I have no idea. Like well, I, I have. So not right to your point, not necessarily why I'm there, right there, the parks that can link, but in terms of the overall, like within a maybe 45 minute drive or whatever of, of New York city, it's absolutely astounding and incredible yeah. just how many trails there are. So I still balk a little bit at the New York city proper, but if we're talking like the larger Metro area, it's pretty wild. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, all right. So, and Uber and, and, um, and Ellie uh, weighed in here as well. I don't know if you guys uh, got to uh, connect uh, down at uh, dirty German. Uh, but a great job and asked if you'd uh, defrost yet and thought out. I know Ellie was pretty uh, frozen out there. Yeah, we um, so so we didn't connect live. We knew each other was there and we we connected on social media afterward and decided essentially. Um, so so of course, she's much faster than I am. But we essentially had the same race, which was two laps frozen to the core. And I know for myself as I was coming in, so so the race is three laps uh, for the 50 miler. And, and um, as I was coming in towards the end of the second lap, I decided, you know, I came to do a training run. At this point, I am doing exactly two things, which is courting hypothermia and courting injury. And uh -huh. there's just not, I you know, I, I've done what I came here to do and 50K is enough for today. Yeah. And I sort of tapped out at that point. And I, I know... You know, Ellie also had a um, ran a really strong, really strong, really smart 50K, but I think also was was feeling the same way of like, this is just not what I'm here for yeah. today. You both be focused on your Western States opportunity. It would be um, that would be uh, tough uh, to get injured by a dirty German uh, yes. ahead. So, yeah, so. Yeah. Well played, but hopefully the next two are a bit uh, better in weather. And that's a pretty that's pretty awesome that you're doing back-to-back -back, uh, 50s into the training weekend. So that's a pretty stellar buildup. Yeah. Um, all right. So speaking of conditions, the third question here. So select the, the best possible choice for footwear this past weekend. Uh, <laughs> would it have been, let's say, the Speedland here with uh, really nice little maybe five millimeter lugs and, and gusseted rubber? Uh, would it have been the, uh, let's go the, maybe the, one of the the best uh, running shoes uh, created ever here, the Hoka Evo Speed, uh, the Jaws, uh, the Evo Jaws, uh, which have pretty stellar lugs, really flexible. If only it didn't fall apart in 50 miles and turn your your feet blue when they got wet. Uh, would it be the Saucony Endorphin Trail if you could get a pair? Only you couldn't get a pair because the the midsole had a tendency to disintegrate within 50 miles on some people. Um, or would it have been, it wouldn't have even mattered at all. Um, it would have been best suited to mountaineering crampons. Um, yes, yeah, some sort of thigh high rubber latex something. I've done a lot of trail, I've done a lot of trail races. I have never seen anything like this before. Mm -hmm. Like I can, I can honestly, I can honestly say that, um, it, it rained on and off for, uh, about 30 hours before the race and then for the entire race. 
and um, the conditions there, the course was you were either up to your knees in water, in mud, in standing water, um, or up to your ankles in that like brownie batter mud. You know what I'm talking, you know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about? That was it. Like there was not an inch of the course that wasn't covered in one of those two things. And in fact, when I came in on the second lap, there's like very, very tiny portion of the course that um, is on pavement. Like you go under and under, there's this beautiful creek and you go under the underpass next to the creek, you know, on the little sidewalk mm -hmm. or what have you. When I came back through the second time and I'm, I'm I remember exactly what mile was, maybe 22 or 23, something like that. The creek had flooded such that we're wading almost up to our thighs to the aid station in this like rushing water where you're doing one of those where you're thinking like, I actually don't think this is safe, <laughs> uh -huh. um, but, but what are we, what are we going to do? Um, it was in, in the mud. I, when I got back and I took my shoes off and I pulled the, you know, I pulled the insole out of my shoe there was mud caked on the underside of my insole <laughs> of my shoes. People had, people had mud in their mouth. People had mud, like, it was just um, like, yeah, like nothing so I've ever been a, experienced. Must have been a pretty uh, great sense of kind of camaraderie out there. I mean, everybody was experiencing the same just ridiculous kind of conditions and just trying to get through it all. And imagine that was at least a, a bonding agent out there. It, it absolutely was. And you know, there's a lot of, the race draws a lot of first timers. So it's a 25K, 50K, 50 mile. And because it's, you know, one lap, two lap, three laps, you know, it's a very, it's a very first timer friendly course. Again, the conditions are beautiful. It's, it's not particularly technical um, at all. And so the number of first timer, first time 50 milers out there um, who all had amazing attitudes, but I was like, oh my God, like, this is, this is not it <laughs> uh, today. Like, this is not the thing. <laughs> um, you should do, you should do another one. But yeah, I think every, everybody was in everybody was in fantastic spirits because at that point, how could you, how could you not be like, there's mm -hmm. either, you're either going to laugh or cry. And I think yeah. most people were laughing. Cool. And does it leave you uh, checking the calendar for another Uber endurance events? Was it as much as you could feel the community in a day like that? Was it good? Absolutely. The, I, you know, I can't say enough about the, um, the, the aid station volunteers were fantastic. Um, everybody was, everybody there was just, was just fantastic. I would absolutely do another, another event in a heartbeat. Cool. Right on. Um, well, Sullivan, uh, great job. I'm looking forward to, uh, hearing about your next couple weekends and connecting with, well, hopefully connecting with you on the ground at, uh, Western States as well. And maybe, um, talking further at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thanks so much. Yeah. Ian. Yeah. Thanks for sharing some of your time and, uh, I'll talk to you more later. All right. Thanks. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, so, uh, next one, we are going to weave in, uh, we are going to turn our, um, attention toward uh, a classic event, uh, one of the, um, I would say classics of the Northeast with uh, Seven Sisters. Uh, this is one that I was hoping to run for the first time uh, going into COVID, I think when it was uh, canceled. Uh, so that didn't happen, but it's definitely on the bucket list. Uh, for those who uh, have not um, had Seven Sisters on the radar just yet, definitely one to check out. And we have two uh, winners with us uh, this uh, for this episode, we've got Matrix and Lasagna or Matt Lipsy. Um, and then Carmen, we have not uh, we've not connected on the trails, but you've got some uh, northeast roots just doing my initial uh, Facebook. Actually, I was looking for a video to plug in the title card, or a photo rather. <laughs> and great job in not having much on the Internet that I could find aside from a couple college pictures or some Vermont uh, high school running pictures. So 
kudos to you, you. Um, for um, not letting me find easily pictures. Um, that's outstanding. Thanks. It's, um, it's nice to meet you. It's, it's good to be here. Right on. All right. So let's see. So Matrix uh, or Matt, you have run a few Seven Sisters. Carmen, was this your first Seven Sisters experience? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yep. And were you aware of the the race for some time and just looking to run it for a while, or did you just um, just got cued into it this year and jumped in right away? So I graduated from college in 2020, um, and I had signed up that year. One of my friends, I I was a Nordic skier in college. And one of my friends from my ski team uh, ran it the year prior and just was raving about it and was like, this race is so hard, but it was amazing. So I signed up that year and then it just, it hasn't happened. And so I still had my registration. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm, I, I wanna try this out. But I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Well, you're also a Nordic skier though. So for that uh, background, it's probably still one of my at least probably my favorite event to watch uh, in the Olympics uh, to a certain extent is just to see the sheer full body motion mental exhaustion of Nordic skiers collapsing at the end so uh, hopefully whereas uh, Matrix Lasagna is getting old man and wiser now and not hammering himself at the finish and he can mention that for you hopefully you still have the Nordic ski breed where you just crush that final descent and just kind of you just collapse in Nordic style. Oh, I wish the final descent was so hard for me. I think that was the toughest point in the race because you want to be able to just run as fast as you can, but it is so steep. So I was at that point um, hobbling, but the last like little part that's flat at the end, I, I crushed that for sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> that a girl. All right. And so Matt, since you've run it, um, how many times have you run it now? Uh, this is the Peter Maxima reminded me, this is, he's like, Hey, this is the sixth year you've won it, even though you've only run it four times <laughs> or like, so, I mean, I've won it four times, but because they didn't have it two years because of COVID, I guess Peter was saying, he's like, so I guess you're the reigning champion for six years, even though you only ran it four times. And I'm like, wow, this is like the only time in history this is ever going to happen. Unless we have another one of these things. And then <laughs> Yeah. You should be sure to put that on your, your running resume when you're applying for elite sponsorship that um, you've actually, you should just start adding that the number of events that you get the default champion status for, like even yeah. if you didn't run them, um, you should just put those down I anyway. I don't think so. All right. So since you've run it several times though, for those who aren't uh, queued into seven sisters, uh, give us the rundown of uh, seven sisters, whatever that might look like. Um, okay. So first of all, what you got to know is they advertise it as 12 miles but on everybody's watch, it only shows up as like 10 and a half. So like you would think in a time and age where you've got this great technology on your wrist and every year it gets better every year, it still only shows up as 10 and a half. So either they're wrong or it's so steep in some, there's uh these, you know, you go across the seven sisters and then you come back. So you go across these head walls, which are, I mean, you're cliff jumping when I, I'm trying to channel my inner Ben nephew and just leap off of these things. So when you're leaping off those things, apparently it's so steep that even though technology gets better every year, it must still not register as the full 12. So I don't know where they got the 12. I don't know if it's 10 and a half. Maybe it's part of the mystery. It's just part of the mystery of the seven sisters. Um, and then Josh Ferentz one time said uh, seven sisters and they're all bitches. And I don't know about that, but I, I grew up with eight sisters and I mean, I never got to use the bathroom, but other than that, it was okay. 
So is, is that a fair comparison then? I mean, do you get to use the um, bathroom more on the seven? Not sisters? during the race. No, you don't not want to use the race. No, not during the race. <laughs> so that uh -huh. was, I mean, that was standard. If I have, you know, eight sisters and I wouldn't use the bathroom during the race anyways. I was just, you know, uh, used to that, I guess. And then Carmen, is that, did you, uh, do you have a watch on it? Yeah, I would say mine was 11, um, a little over 11, but still under 12. I wasn't jumping as far, but. Uh -huh. Um, and, uh, elevation, what's cumulative elevation gain? Maybe like four, four. Yeah. Yeah. Four over that, uh, 11 ish the, miles. The best, I think one of the best, I mean, there's all these great stories about, you know, like Paul Lowe when he set the record, like a one forty two oh six. I mean, it's just like unbelievable. Um, but there's, there's, I feel like any good race has these great stories about it over the years. And one of and I hear new ones every year. So like I stay with my buddy, Drew and Michaela and, um, and my favorite house plant, um, fig Newton. He's a fig. Um, he has like one leaf on him, but he's my favorite house plant. So I stay with them. And when I go up there, they've always got some new story. So Drew tells me the story about years ago. And I don't know who this guy is. I can't remember his name, but there's, um, I don't know, Carmen, if you remember the, the there's a basalt a section of basalt rock with the hexagonal columns when you're almost to the mountain house you run across the summit house deck before that when you're kind of hitting there's like that big giant rock that you basically it's like a wall that you have to climb up but there's all those little steps on it yeah yeah, so yeah. the ridge is like post volcanic and it's also been around forever like prehistoric times if you go to the amherst free museum of uh, dinosaurs and old mammals and stuff like that. They've got pictures on all the walls that show where the Holyoke range was during those times. And there's like dinosaur footprints in the mud, not far from there and all this stuff. But anyways, that basalt column, some guy on the way you go out and back. So you come out, you come back through traffic. There was people all over that rock whenever this, and he was probably like in his forties or something. And he was like, you know, he did, he didn't know what to do. And instead of, waiting or going around he jumped over top of three people <laughs> like this is an eight foot high boulder and then the landing is just shark teeth it's just rocks that don't move it's not baby heads it's just shark it's just spikes like an iron maiden on the ground and he jumped over top of three people and, and that's i was just like wow these stories get better every year <laughs> so right, that is so doable in that in that race like i can totally picture that after having done it which is at one level, you're like, all right, yeah, whatever. But then if you're really thinking about that fast of time at 142 and that technical uh, training, you're really going that fast. I mean, you kind of have to really imagine for both of you, even running as hard as you were uh, quite a bit, just kind of throwing caution to the wind and just trying to kind of find your flow out there. And did you feel like you can do that where you can still flow on that course and bob and weave? Or is it just a grind for 11 miles or both? Carmen, how was your first experience? Um, so I'm a really strong climber. So I do well on the uphills and I just hadn't run technical downhills in so long. So, so um, that was, that was hard for me. Um, but the uphills, I knew that that was where I was going to make the most time. So I just tried to 
to find my strengths there um, and then get through the, the really steep sections. Um, I honestly haven't been able to walk for a couple of days, I would say. I was that unprepared. Um, but it did make me like so excited for more and and really motivated me to to want to get better at all aspects of that race. There's like something for everyone, I would say, to to do really well at. And so does that leave you with a general stoke for more trail races or have you done a lot of trail races, but this is kind of a new specific stoke for that uh, race specifically? I haven't done a lot of trail races. Um, I was like very injured for a while and recently trails have been uh, really great for me and and, um, are really good for my body. So I'm really excited to to get back into running through trails um and and kind of find my competitive edge again through trail racing hopefully mm-hmm. and then for you matt in terms of your stoke your fitness is uh pretty outstanding at the moment do you feel like i mean i guess how's that feel to be so fast at the moment yet have that record still be like three minutes out there i mean that just seems like a herculean like so you're getting your best time each time you go out but that record just seems untouchable well here's the thing um what i've been told is it's a little longer than the original course it's um like my buddy drew he says it's about a minute a minute longer so they added some to the start and the finish and then the turnaround is a little different but it changes every year like there was amy said there was a swampy area that was rerouted for some rattlesnakes like sometimes you don't go across the deck of the mountain house so those years are faster and then this year we went like through some rocks in the mountain house. And sometimes you can just go through the gravel that goes to the left of that. So it's just, it's hard to like, it's hard to know, you know, um, I think on the dis- final descent, uh, I probably could have shaved off another 40 seconds or so, but I was, you know, I was racing myself at that point. It was bringing it down to the finish. And, and I was like, why botch my whole season, take a chance of falling. And I, and I never look at my watch. So I didn't even know where I was at anyways. And I was like, why don't I just, you know, just bring it home. Like just no reason to fall. And then plus my Massachusetts, do I want (laughs) if I need to go to the hospital? Cause that final descent is, I mean, you could go to the hospital. And I was like, do I really want to deal with maybe going to the hospital? You know? So I just was like, why botch my whole season? It's 40 seconds. It's not worth it. Just, just take it down. But we should really, if you want to talk about people going downhill fast, we should talk about Liam Cregan because he was in, you go out and back and and you see where everybody's at in this course. So you know where your competition's at. I saw Liam in like 10th place and he's, he's come and run 148, I think is his fastest time, which is pretty sick. Anybody goes under 150 in the men's field is, is pretty outstanding. And, um, so he's got local knowledge. He was in 10th place at the mountain house and he's coming back. So he's, um, you know, he stepped away for a while and he's on his way back. So his fitness isn't all, all quite there yet, but he's running in 10th place at the turnaround. And somehow he came in third place because he used that last major descent to just, and, and I looked at his time, he got his crown time. I think he ran a full minute faster than I did on that section that day. And he, and he got the crown. So that's pretty baller. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, <clears throat> and then how about the larger picture of the event? It's gonna, because it, I mean, it's been around a while. It's this classic. There's probably a pretty good vibe to the uh, event outside of the race proper. 30 years of, wait, hold on. Where's my camera? There it is. 30 years of blood, sweat, and cheers. And you get the sweet mug this year. So that's pretty cool. Was that everybody get a finisher's mug or was that the, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah everybody got one. Nice. Skeeter drank it before I did. 
Well done, Skeeter. Carmen, how'd you, in terms of the vibe, your first time through? It was, it was so special, honestly. Like people, um, there was just such a great community out there. Uh, I was running with a guy for the, the latter half of the race and on the steep descent, um, he was a lot faster at the downhills. Um, and so we kind of like worked together on the up and downhills and I rolled my ankle on the last descent and I was like, oh shit or something. And he turned around, he just completely stopped, turned around and was like, are you okay? And just to have that like kindness from another racer was so special. And you would think with, you know, people crossing paths the entire time when people are running one way and other people are running the other, that there would, there would be some like, I don't know, that you could get really hurt or, yeah, yeah, exactly. And people were just really cheering you on when you were headed back and then you would cheer their on, them on. So that was amazing. Um, yeah. So I think that's, what's also so exciting to me now about trail running is it's this really, really cool community. Well, awesome. Well, that's a pretty outstanding uh, race out of the gate. So it'll be uh, fun to see what else you find out there and finding your, your flow. So uh, nice work. Carmen, what did you think of the um, drum circle at the top of Hitchcock? Oh my time. gosh. Yeah. We should talk about that. So every year the... they're there every year. Oh, really? Okay. There. Every year. Okay. So there's the one of, I don't even think it's the last climb. You think it's the last climb and there are a couple more after they that. They tell maybe. you it's the last climb. There's a side there that yeah. says, this is it. And then you're like, you look past the sign and you're like, no, cause I can see another one. <laughs> I think, yeah. One of the signs says like, this is the eighth sister. And then there's another one right after it. So you're like, how many, how many, How many are sisters there? are there? Step yeah. sister, step step sister. <laughs> but there is this drum circle. Um, <laughs> at They're all the dressed like them. Star Wars characters because it's like <laughs> around May the Fourth, you know. <laughs> nice. It was amazing. Ewoks and Stormtrooper six seven zero five three. Was it tempting to just kind of step off the course and just spend the rest of the day there, hanging out with the May the Fourth, uh, May the Fourth drum drum circle, be with you? I think it was it powered you up over. Like, I don't know about you. Totally. Carter, but I was just, I, I could like, I was like stepping to the beat. It was like, and they're, they're legit. Like, I don't yeah, know what instruments they're playing, but it was like, you could feel, yeah, you could feel it. And they're there every year, every year they're there. So well, it was we'll awesome. In the, uh, one of the next uh, segments here with the Cocodona 250 crew in terms of their delirium, maybe whether they caught some drum circles out on their course as well, that actually weren't there at all. Um, all right. Well, right on. Great job to both of you. Thanks for uh, spending a few minutes of your time with us uh, this evening. And uh, it'd be good to catch up with you on one of the next rounds. Great. Thanks, Thank you. you for having me. For sure. All right. See you guys. Bye. All right. So this next uh, segment, we are going to, I'm going to weave in a uh, outstanding all-around individual race, Hot Pants uh, Langhine. Um, we are going to catch up for just a couple minutes on a pretty outstanding effort, a uh, long effort that she did just a couple weeks uh, back. And then we are going to weave in the Cocodona 250 crew and let uh, Grace have at it for a bit and breaking down uh, their experience. So, Grace, thanks for being on with us. Again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Another idiot runner uh, in the house. Yes. Um, so tell uh, – Tell the audience about a uh, wee uh, little run or uh, jaunt that you set on, uh, set out on just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and and uh, set it up. Few. Whenever we talked last, I said, "Hey, I uh, hate to say this, but I'm 
kind of going to try to do the Mason Dixon trail and see how it goes. And I finished, I did it. And so done. Which uh, is awesome. And it was awesome to follow and a bold effort, right? Your longest effort to date. You haven't done a really long FKT or effort like that. Have you in the past? No, my longest effort was um, the Conestoga Trail, which is supposed to be 66 miles, but I turned it into 68 because I went the wrong way so many times. So yeah, up until this point, um, 68 was my longest distance and jumped from 68 to 200. <laughs> well, which is a natural, a natural progression. Of <laughs> right. You know, mm -hmm. it was fine. <laughs> and, uh, and you, it, it went well. I mean, right. You didn't have any major hiccups. You kept moving through. You got some support out there. Uh, decent weather. And uh, what was the what was the trail and the route uh, all about? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I pulled up my stats really quick. Uh, the trail itself is it, it changes because they're constantly trying to move more of it off of the road and onto trail because it's it depends on who you talk to. It's probably 60 percent trail. 40% road now, um, supposed to be 199 miles, 200, right around there. I clocked 202.5 and I got 24,607 feet of elevation gain. Um, but it, it's interesting, you know, the first day is most mostly road, like the first 47 miles, 50 miles is mostly road and like 1500 feet of gain. Uh, but the, my second day was only 35, 37 miles and 9,000 feet of gain. <laughs> so it's, it's really like a bunch of road and then a bunch of mountainous trail that's very rugged and then back to the road. And, and so it's a, a big mix of every type of it's fields and uh, a little bit of everything. Um, the four bitches, not, not seven, but four bitches is a section of it. And, um, and yeah, I had a, a really smooth ride. I also wasn't pressuring myself for time. I did go for the fastest known time. There was a previous time for me to beat, um, but I wasn't, yeah, I just wanted to finish. So I wasn't trying to um, get that into my head too much mm -hmm. and really push myself. So no stomach issues, no chafing, um, no nice blisters work. on my feet. My feet were, were pretty, they were puffy, but Mm -hmm. Other than that, I really didn't have any major issues out there. And, um, but you know, really, um, took my sweet ass time. So that helped. We just enjoy it out there too. And, and maybe on this, uh, as, um, in a minute here, when we move into the Coca-Dona, you can implant your wisdom on Cole Crosby, uh, who's been known to have a wee bit of chafing issues, um, here and there. Um, so, you know, maybe you can dig in there, you know, give some tips, whether it be for chafage around the grundle, or I saw his, yeah. his, uh, his feet were, were fully taped up, uh, and get into that. So nice work getting through clean and not having uh, any of those issues. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I was really thankful for that. I mean, I think every single adventure is totally different and has different challenges. I, um, the cold, I wasn't expecting it to be that cold. Uh, it did work out in my favor, I think, just because the course ended up or the route ended up being fairly dry. Um, all the rain hit. Um, and actually, just a couple hours after I finished, just the skies opened up and there was this huge lightning storm and people were worried that I was in it. And thankfully, I was finished by then. But um, 
I ended up, you know, on the on the downside, it was really cold, but on the upside, I didn't have spiders to spider webs to deal with, and and I didn't have very much water at all, and and mm -hmm. I think that was um, part of the plus, yeah. And does it leave you wanting to do another one, and and if so, any that you're eyeing up? <laughs> definitely. Yeah. I mean, this one was it was definitely me testing out the waters on the two hundred distance. Um, my strengths are certainly going very slow for a long time. I mean, my, my fastest mile the entire time, I think was, um, 1140, something like that. I, I really, really took my sweet time. Um, and I have an iron gut. I can eat whatever. And, and I, so far, you know, don't really have those stomach issues. So, um, I've kind of had it in my head that I think I could do well at 200s at the 200 distance and at least finish it. You know, I'm, um, certainly not fast enough to, to place or anything, but, um, immediately when I finished, it was like, all right, what am I, <laughs> what am mm -hmm. I signing up for? And I don't know what yet. I think doing previous to this, I really wanted to do Tahoe or something like that. And now Tahoe is the same weekend as my anniversary. So that's tough. Um, but I really liked being on the East coast and having, um, so much support over here. So I've been scoping out some East coast 200s or, or, you know, I really love the format of the FKT. Um, so maybe it's it's going out after another one of those. I, I'd like to do the Susky Super Loop, which I don't think is an hmm. official FKT yet. I don't know that one. Um, but it's uh, a really rugged, about 60-ish miles, including the hardest part of the Conestoga and the hardest part of the Mason-Dixon. Oh, nice. Connecting the two. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there's some other stuff like that that I'd really like to maybe tackle, but I'm definitely interested in, in seeing if I can accomplish the race distance of a 200, I would have to speed it up. So, so, yeah. um, you know, all right, right, right on. It was cool to uh, follow you. One, it was cool to see you just tackle it and then go after it and own it and, um, and dial it in. So congrats. That's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, most people don't even uh, conceive of that, let alone actually uh, toe the line and start it, let alone uh, finish it in solid fashion. So uh, nice work. Thank you. Totally. All right. So I'm going to weave in a few of the individuals uh, from the Cocodona uh, 250. Uh, we will have uh, Lauren Jones that we will bring in and Cole Crosby. And then Rhoda, I don't know if um, you might have to connect your mic or cam to get in. Uh, if you're not using Google Chrome, try Google Chrome. Um, and once I see you come into the back end, I'll pull you in as uh, well. So, so you can figure out the, that tech. Um, I will go into the background here. I will let uh, Grace lead the segment, and I'll pop up some comments or questions as they come in. But Cole and Lauren, yeah. just thanks uh, from me for both being on here, and a huge congrats on such a, uh, I don't know, just incredible effort. So um, I'm looking forward to hearing about it. Yeah. All right. Grace, hot pants, take it away. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Ian Grundle Golden. I'm switching over with my Trails Collective hat uh, so I can be official. Thanks for joining me, Lauren and Cole. Um, I am really excited to talk to the two of you. I, you know, I, I just finished my own first 200 FKT and I did it very very slowly. You two did uh, the Cocodona 250 very fast and my hat's off to you. Phenomenal performances. 
And just for everybody watching, the Coca Dona 250, this was the second year for the race, I believe, right? This was year two? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, which has about 41,000 feet of total gain and only 34,000 feet of loss. So you're climbing overall over those 250 miles, and you have five days to do it in. And it's in Arizona from Black Canyon City to the Bradshaw Mountains. I have so many questions for the two of you, especially because I wanna, I wanna sneak into racing 200s myself. So I'm gonna take advantage of this time and ask you all of the questions. Um, there, there's a lot, there's a lot to talk about. I'm gonna, all right, so let me start off with this. Um, Lauren, you were the first beast coaster. So I was looking at the stats of everybody who finished and everybody ahead of you is from the West coast. So yeah. you were first East coaster and, um, second place female, and you have finishes throughout gnarly Georgia and you're in Atlanta. Yeah. Right. Yep. I am. Yeah. So you're in Atlanta, you've done GDR, you've done cruel jewel, um, mm -hmm. Not your first time out West. You've done Leadville, Orcas Island. So I want to start with talking about training. And what do you think was helpful for you being an East Coast runner heading over to the West Coast? Uh, the good thing is our trails here on the East Coast are so technical. Uh, Rocky, Rudy, and all that stuff. So I felt pretty good going in that, uh, you know, they're rocky out there for sure but I'm used to it. So that was good. But I was just getting ready for the climbs. We don't have the extended like 3000 foot climbs out here. Mm -hmm. um, and so just kind of training for big climbs was the big, was like the main thing that I focused on. Um, and just trying to get my legs strong to stay sturdy for 250 miles. <laughs> oh, I can't imagine it. Um, and you, you've got a couple of good climbs out there. You got some good, like 2000 footers. Yeah. We do. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Is it how, and how, how long do you have to drive to get to trails to big stuff? Uh, for me, I live like right in the heart of Atlanta. It's about an hour and a half, uh, yeah. two hours, depending on where you go, but we're right in the foothills of the Appalachian mountains. And so I can be right on the AT in an hour and a half. And, uh, it's not, it's not far. It's an easy, easy day trip for a Saturday, which I do all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm loving the comments that are coming in here and you can yeah. see this and, and just to, I just want to emphasize this. So, um, 250 miles, you finished in three days, six hours and 36 minutes. Mm -hmm. Holy blazing fast. Uh, Cole, you weren't far behind. Um, so did the two of you see each other on the course? I think I saw you at a, on the top of Schnebly Hill up there, Cole. Right? Yeah, we uh, we connected at that point. Yeah. I was kind of, uh, my feet were burning at that point, so I needed to take a little bit longer, but we were sipping on ramen and just kind of hanging out and having fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and so, Cole, you finished three days, 12 hours, and one minute. Um, taking, was it 10th? 10th mail? 10th male, I think I was like 12th overall. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 10th and second beast coaster to come through. And um, and you're in Rhode Island. Is that right? Yep. Yep. 
whopping uh, 88 feet above sea level. So I get a lot of altitude training um, and uh, tons of uphill training, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was interesting. Of course, I can't see everything that you, I did totally scope out your ultra signups. Um, but of, there's always races that are not on there, but I was looking at yours, Cole, and you have, you have some gnarly, gnarly races on your resume, but they're fairly short. So you have finishes like Breakneck and Heiner and White Face and Manchu's Revenge and Hellgate, which are all like, the, it's all the Mountain Dew flavors. That's what I call them. It's the Mountain Dew flavor races. And um, so, and, and you had a, I think you had a 620 finish at JFK, which is insane. I, you're blazing fast and you do really short, gnarly technical stuff. So first off, why sign up for Coca Dona 250? <laughs> you know, what, what made you want to do something that seems so different? Yeah, um, I truly love the, um, the, the, what I call the expedition race format. Um, okay. I think when a Coca Dona race is kind of more, you really have to prepare like it's an expedition. Um, and just the adventure of it, I think, is really appealing. Um, the challenge of how far can you go and how fast can you go and all the variables, the sleep, the nutrition, things are going to go wrong. Like my race, like it was a matter of just like, can I just keep going when everything is going wrong? And, um, you know, things like my nutrition was one of the strong, strong points of the whole run. Um, and really besides my feet, I was able to keep forward progress, even if it wasn't fast. I mean, forward progress is fast in a 200. So. Um, yeah, if you can just keep being positive and keep the momentum going, you're going to get to the finish line. Yeah. Yeah. That was, um, forward progress is fast in the 200. I love that. I, you know, Ellie, I was curious about that. I didn't see a hundred on your ultra sign up. Now ultra sign up doesn't have every race though. So you haven't done a hundred yet. I've, I've run hundreds, but I've, uh, had some bad luck and gotten either bad injuries and um, yeah. I've chose, chosen some pretty technical races like Eastern States, which is yeah. probably, it's a little bit out of my wheelhouse. And uh, yeah. yeah, running Cocodona was, that's my first buckle. I never have got a buckle before in any kind of race. So it's kind mm -hmm. of, kind of wild that I ended up getting a buckle for yeah. running 250 miles in Arizona. Yeah, that's wild. I, I did the same thing. I DNF'd at Eastern States. But I've done a 200 mile run. <laughs> Whatever, it's fine. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I, I can't say that I've done a race though. But I truly think that the the hundred, um, it's got to just be a completely different journey. Rhoda, thank you for. Hey, hey, me. hey! I finally got it figured out. <laughs> <laughs> You're tricky, tricksters. Technologically yeah, challenged. Yeah. I got to chime in and give Lauren tons of props too, because um, one of the things that opened my eyes about the event is that uh, when you go to these longer distances, it's really an even playing field between men and women. And I was pulling so hard for all the women, any woman that I got to run with and spend miles with, I'm like, kick these guys' asses. Like um, just cause it's, it's just really cool. Like just um, being out there and just seeing everybody and you know, you're, spending so many miles when you're you're just by yourself and then when you get to see somebody it's this big huge like uplifting moment um i know that's how it was for me when i got to see you lauren i was just like 
damn, she is on a tear, like watch out, you know? Um, so it's just really cool. Um, and that's something I really enjoy. Like I can't get that doing a 50 miler or some of the other events. Um, you know, 200, you're really, you're out there. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you go for so long. I went for a good solid 24 hours between seeing a runner. Uh, I think you were the first runner I saw in 24 hours. So it's just cool to see someone else out there. Uh, thank you. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's wild how um, how much support there is, and especially in these bigger distances and other other challenges like FKTs that gender just it just does not matter. <laughs> nobody cares. Like nobody cares anymore. Let's just go run out in the woods and it'll be fun. Um, Rhoda, now that you came in, um, I wanted to. I was. I'm kind of a little bit all over the place, but I'm talking a little bit about training first and your <laughs> resume. I've been following you for a long time, like a stalker. And I'm not ashamed of that, of that. Label. I'm fine with it. And so your, your resume includes wins at conquer the wall for a long time. At the, the 47 hour, you've been winning that for a while. I first heard about you when you won Vol State. Um, and you were, I believe, second overall and um, for yeah. Ball State in 2017, 18, somewhere around there, probably. Uh, yeah, I think 18. Yeah. So yeah. you're no stranger to this really big distance stuff. We we're just talking about Cole. So Cole, this was, he's never even done 100, but he jumped straight to this. But you're no stranger nice. to it. So when you came into your training, for Coconona, you kind of, and your FKT as well that you did was, was super long. So what did you, what considerations did you have knowing what you already know going into Coconona and your training? What did you do differently? Or what did you make sure I have to do this? I know what's coming. Um, well, in my opinion, like the longer distances, it's really more about being fit than anything else. If you can be healthy and mostly fit, you're going to be fine. Um, I'm known for terrible training, <laughs> so, uh, I did put a few like big weekends in like the month or month and a half leading up and I felt pretty good on them. So that gave me a little bit of confidence going in like, okay, I'm fit enough for this. But honestly, I don't, I I'll tell anyone like cons consistency over mileage and I do the opposite. I basically do a ton of miles on the weekend and barely run during the week, <laughs> but somehow, somehow it works for me. So I guess I'll just keep doing that until I, I probably will end up injured, but <laughs> yeah. So oh, I should, I should cut back on the bacon cheeseburgers and just long. Run. Oh no, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I consumed a lot of McDonald's last week. <laughs> oh, good. I'm surprised they have not um who's this well my Cole? crew was picking it up for me oh that's that's good crew i got a lot of wawa during my fkt it was amazing <laughs> yeah i'm at the chicago o'hare airport so i tried to find a quiet spot but apparently everybody in the whole airport decides they need to be here at this moment i'm on the show so that's great I, I do what i can i love it it looks like somebody who's I don't know what they're doing back there. It looks like they're getting coffee or something. All right. Um, and 
Rhoda, so just to, to throw in your stats, you were um, fourth place female coming in at three days, 17 hours and 10 minutes. And uh, the third beast coaster to come through and uh, coming out of Pennsylvania. So just to catch up your stats. Nice. With everybody. Um, I wanted to jump over to a couple of the questions that came through. Um, I At some point, I do want to ask about your Grundle <laughs> that Ian mentioned. Cool. <laughs> You said that something was going on with uh, with your grunt. Okay, so I did want to ask this first. Um, this one came in. I want to hear about Lauren's sleep cycles. And this is, um, you know, the, the topics that come up in the 200 plus distance, I think, are completely different. So, Lauren, did you sleep? How did you sleep? And how did you determine when you wanted to sleep? I did not sleep much. I slept probably an hour, hour and a half the whole time. Wow. Um, and I just, I didn't want to schedule it because you can just never tell when you're going to feel sleepy or feel like energized. So I was just winging it. Uh, I did a lot of just willy nilly everything out there. Um, I took a nap. I think at Munns Park was my first nap on the way back in, like on the out and back. Um, I did like a 20 minute nap there. I did a couple little five minute trail naps just like right there on the trail uh when my eyes were just super heavy <laughs> um and i did one more nap at fort tuthill um for about i think that one was like 30 minutes um but just enough to like energize and keep going but uh, not be too groggy um i don't know i was afraid to schedule it and then just lay there awake not able to sleep so i think yeah. it worked it was okay I was mostly okay the whole time. I took some caffeine pills, <laughs> which was, I don't know if it's ill-advised or not, but uh, it seemed to work. Um, so I just figured I'd catch up on sleep on the back end <laughs> this week. Yeah, I'm getting great advice for this as I try to plan out my first 200-mile race. Just wing it for my training and just <laughs> wing it for sleep. Got it. I'm doing everything wrong, apparently. <laughs> uh, another question came in um, for you, Cole. Cole, how did this compare to running 200 miles along the length of New Jersey? Talk, what what was that? Uh, it was at FKT. I, January uh, 2021, I ran across New Jersey, north to south. Um, finished in like 44 hours, so, you know, fast 13 minutes a mile or whatever. So this was a lot slower. Um but that's to be expected. Yeah, that sounds so. That yeah, so I guess um, so. The I guess to compare the two, um, this was um, a lot harder. Like my lips got sunburned to all heck. Um, so that's why I'm talking a little bit funny because it's just like, I mean, they're messed up. They they're like leather lips. Um, and just the whole. Um, uh, I feel like the whole enormity of the experience was really, it was like taking New Jersey and then just like upping it a whole nother level. Um, and I, you know, I planned everything. I had spreadsheets. I had all this stuff. We went out really fast and that kind of things kind of went off the, out the window. Um, and I just, I honestly, I felt kind of crappy at mile 30 and I'm like, how am I going to run another 220 miles? And I just took it check, checkpoint by checkpoint. And as things 
started to get worse. Like I jabbed my feet into a lot of these sharp rocks and stuff. And I climbed really well. Um, and I did feel the altitude too. I had a lot of issues with just like feeling just like exhausted. Like anytime I felt like I could run, I was, I got down into like a death march kind of. And I'm like, this sucks. I'm like, I should be running right now. What is happening? Um, and so I kind of, I had a lot of things thrown my way, but I just kept uh, the forward progress. And unfortunately my feet, um, after the, uh, there's a big descent down from Jerome into Cottonwood Canyon. And that descent is like crazy rocks and like beer bottles and stuff. And I messed up my feet so bad there that by the time I made it to the next aid station, we looked at my feet, we're just like, and I was like, I'm like, okay, like we need to find a medic. And after that, I was virtually getting my feet rebandaged at every single checkpoint from the whole way to the finish. So mile 120 to the finish. And I was in pretty extreme discomfort the whole time, but we made it happen. So it's all good in the end. So what, what's your thought process? Like at any point, are you thinking like, I don't know if I should continue like this? Or are you like, well, I'll just bandage it up and keep going? No, I'm finishing. Like, honestly, <laughs> I, I paid the money and I'm yeah. like, I'm getting my money's worth. There's no way, unless I'm like, it's a life or death situation. I'm, I'm going to push through. And um, even though it was extremely, I had to change the way that I ran and how we, my whole plan of attack for this race. Mm. I mean, we still, my crew, we, everybody still kind of regrouped and, you know, I knew that I was going to play, you know, run slower and place higher up than what I probably would have liked to. Um, but I, I, I just approached it as a new challenge and just told myself like, Hey, like, you know, you can only do the best that your body's going to allow you to do. And, mm -hmm. Um, just still, even in the pain, just enjoy the moment, right? So I really stay focused um, in the moment and kind of suffered out there uh, beautifully and, you know, got dehydrated and, you know, there's some funny pictures that got blown up on the internet and all that stuff, you know, finished really strong. So, I mean, I can't, you know, again, it's, it's one of those, uh, how do you, how you describe a whole 250 mile experience is really kind of, uh, so much happened in such a small amount of time. Um, and it's just epic. That's the best way to describe the whole experience. Yeah. I, I wish we had four more hours to, to go through all of the stories that all of you had and all the questions are in my head. Um, I just realized I should probably move things along. Sorry, Ian. I, I have a couple more questions. Though. I do want to hear, to your point, Cole, you know, it's just this huge epic journey with so much happening. So um, if all of you can give me quick, and I'll start with you, Rhoda, like, can you give me your lowest low, just because people love hearing about that <laughs> stuff, and what was your highest high, that spot where you were just on top of the world? Uh, yeah, uh, probably my lowest was... Uh... The out and back from, I guess it was Munns Park. I don't know. Like, I get everything mixed up. It was like an 18-mile, an eight-mile out, eight-mile back, I think, or something like that. Um, that was pretty terrible, um, <laughs> mostly because it was actually fairly runnable, and I was just, like, exhausted. So I ran, like, the first little bit, and then you get on this road, and, like, you should run it, but it's, like, mostly uphill on the way out. And by the time I got out there, like I was exhausted. I was like falling asleep and I got super cold on that section. Mm. So I was 
like freezing. I had my coat on. I had my papers. And it was still like really, really cold. Um, and also falling asleep. So it just was like the never ending. That was the grumpy Rhoda section. Um, <laughs> it was like a never ending section. So um, when I got back, I actually crawled in the RV and like put a ton of blankets on. I kept like all my coats on. It took me a good bit to get warmed up. So I, I ended up sleeping there for a couple hours um, just because I was exhausted, but also just to get warmed up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say the highest, like the just definitely the coolest thing was running through the Sedona Valley. Um, that was like just absolutely beautiful. Um, and I, I knew I was going to need to sleep again. So when I came into the aid station, like before you entered that, uh, I decided to sleep there. I slept for like two hours. So I, I went into the valley like right at daybreak. Um, which is definitely, I'm so glad I did that and didn't try to just push through. Um, cause that was just absolutely beautiful. Um, and I had, <clears throat> I had three pacers, uh, mainly one pacer and, uh, um, uh, my friend, Sam paced me. She put in like 120 miles during the race, <clears throat> which is like insane. So she ran the whole, we ran the whole way through the valley and like, we both felt really good. So that was definitely like the coolest, probably the coolest part, um, for me was just running through Sedona. Uh, thanks for that, Rhoda. The photos were amazing. Uh, yeah. Uh, Lauren, same question for you. What was your lowest low and your highest high? Uh, I think my lowest was actually that descent down Mingos into Jerome. Uh, on paper, it was supposed to be this nice, lovely, cruisy section after a big climb, and I was really <laughs> looking forward to it. And uh, it turned out to be very not runnable and just full of rocks and just miserable. Uh, same thing, Cole, like my feet were totally torn up and blistered and it was just painful. It was a death march down into Jerome that just went on for a long 17 miles. <laughs> I was in a pretty bad <laughs> when I got there. Definitely my lowest, worst mood of the whole race. Uh, I took, you know, just took some time at the aid station there, but I, luckily after that, I didn't have a whole, a big low after that. So that was, that was my lowest low, but then I never went close to that again. So that was good. Um, then my highest, I think, was probably uh, night two, just running through Sedona. I was in Sedona at the night, like all night long, and I didn't get to see any of the scenery. I knew it was really pretty. It must be really pretty is what I heard. And, you know, you're running next to all these rocks and everything. And I'm like, this must look really cool. I can't see any of it. Um, I finally made it up that big climb up Kazner Mountain in a the sun came up right as I got to the top. And then I finally got to see all the beautiful red rocks that were around Sedona with the big giant views off of there. And it was just pretty awesome <laughs> uh, to have that climb behind me, to finally get to see the views that I was missing all night long. It was just really, really cool. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. I, I can't imagine it. And, um, same thing over to you, Cole. What about you? What do you got? Lowest low, highest high. Yeah, so uh, you would think the low, lowest low would be my feet, but really it was um, I started to realize that I don't hallucinate and see things. I get delirious. And so I had a moment, a grip of reality. I made a push um, to the uh, that, uh, 205 point whatever aid station. So I made that push like overnight from uh, Munns Park. Um, and I was pushing pretty hard up the Coconino Plateau and 
was having a hard time navigating. I didn't use any pacers the whole time, except for there's a guy that volunteered to help me at the very end. Um, and so it was just, I knew I was going to get tired in the altitude combined with just sleep deprivation kind of was kicking my butt. And I got to a point where I was like a mile away from the aid station. The, it took me about two hours to go one mile. Um, and I sat on a log and I went into the live feed to make sure I was actually still like running this race. I wasn't watching it from my own like couch or whatever. And I saw that um, Joe McConaughey had just finished and I was like, I got that boost. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm still in this race. All right. I got to get going. And I kept going and um, it took me forever. I mean, virtually from 10, 10 at night to like four in the morning to get uh, 18 miles. So I don't know what that time frame was, but by the time I actually made it to the aid station, I was so delirious that I didn't believe the people at the aid station were actual people. Like I was second guessing if they was real or not. And once they kind of comforted me, I ended up sleeping for two hours and that definitely helped. I, I told them 20 minute nap. Um, but that was like the strangest, most out of body experience. Um, and then in terms of highs, um, after my dehydration bout, um, at, at the second to last aid station, um, I made the push to Mingus and I beasted Mingus, the, the, uh, or sorry, Eldon, the last climb. And, uh, at the very top, it just started to get dark and I chugged a Modelo and my wife was on the live live stream. Um, and she was like, what are you doing? You need to get down here. People are coming. And she actually called my cell phone and I picked it up and I'm like, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> and I hung, hung up. And then I told the guy I was uh, running with Nick, I was like, we gotta go, we gotta go. And, um, proceeded to just, I mean, part of my language, but haul ass down the mountain. I mean, I don't think we've ridden anything slower than seven, 10 a mile. Um, it, we were going so fast. My, my GPS was like flipping all funny. It was like 14, <laughs> five, six, seven. Like it was just like going nuts. And, um, uh, you know, the whole live stream stuff, like we had a, um, a guy run with us into the finish and I made him suffer pretty bad. He came back when we hit the finish line, he was a, just a, a wet mess. He was sweating so hard. And, uh, <laughs> honestly it was the coolest finish, like to go from like the lowest of lows for the whole race, really for me to be able to like run eight miles at like an insane fast pace was probably the, you know, if I could ever finish a race like this, that's the way I would want to finish it. And so it was pretty cool. Wow, man. That's, that's awesome. And, and that is, that was part of, the vibe of Cocodona was trying to take some of the pieces that we see with more European races where there's live stream and there's camera crew and live standings and, and also to go through these little towns along the way. Um, and, and that was kind of how the race was built. So, um, uh, really cool to see that that race format coming over to the U.S. I'll be interested to see if more races pick up on some of that. Um, and, you know, Rhoda, um, I was especially looking at, I'm looking at your ultra sign. I'm like, almost everything's in Pennsylvania. Like, you do a lot in PA. Uh, you've got West Virginia, of yeah. course. Um, but you kind of stick, you stick like right here and, and you're just like the queen of PA, right? Um, so what led you to go over to Cocodona and then are you going to go back? Um, the thing that drew me to it is basically what you just said. Like I, I like road, I like trail. I like a little bit of everything. 
so the the mix of all those things um is mostly what drew me to that and i also like the heat so it was kind of a perfect you know i i can do without the overnights they weren't terrible um but aside from the one night when i was freezing um but the, <laughs> so you like, like the, the heat, heat yeah <laughs> yeah the heat doesn't bother me so definitely warm races um i'm not i mean i would not say i'm not saying i'm going back for sure but i definitely like i loved it i had the best time ever um like no one should have as much fun running 250 miles as i had like it should probably not happen so yeah it was definitely um like probably one of the most fun races i've ever run um and just absolutely beautiful so but yeah i would say the mix the mix of everything and the obviously warm temps is probably what drew me to Cocodona. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Being um, out in those elements for days on end, that sounds amazing to me and sounds miserable to other people. I'm <laughs> fine. So uh, Lauren, are you heading back? Oh, I don't know. I wouldn't definitely not say no. Uh, I haven't said yes yet, but uh, I would, I definitely want to do more 200 mile races for sure. Um, yeah, it was awesome. I would definitely not say no. And I love running in the desert. Uh, it's like my favorite thing. It's just so different from what we have here on the East Coast. Um, and just that atmosphere is just so cool. Um, so yeah, definitely maybe. <laughs> <laughs> definitely maybe. And after you've done every single race in Georgia, I guess you've got to kind of branch out a little bit. Branch out a little, yeah. <laughs> uh, Cole, how about you? You head back? Um, not for a little while. Uh, I think I got my fill with all those rocks and such. Um, yeah. But I definitely, I mean, I'm definitely like like Lauren and Rhoda. I want to do more of the longer distance expedition style events. I mean, mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe of all states in my future. I mean, um, you know, any any of those other 200s out there, definitely want to give some of those a shot. Um, yeah, I, I I'm I'm bought in. The community is just so freaking cool. It's like such a different crowd, but yeah. it's like for me being a, a fairly speedy guy coming into it, it's just I felt like I had my people, and it's just a uh, just so hooked. It was just such an amazing uh, experience and just you know group of people to be a part of. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm only gonna do one more question, Ian. I swear, and then I'm done. Really quick because um, you just hit on it, Cole. This it is a a family, and I mean trail family, it's a family affair to pull off stuff like this. And I know all of you had just awesome people supporting you along the way. So I want to give you an opportunity just very quickly to shout out all those people. And don't forget anyone. If you forget somebody, like we're going to write it down. It's coming back at you. So do those quick shout outs to all the people who supported you before, during, after. Rhoda, go. Uh, I had my older brother Conrad, my younger brother Caleb, and his wife Melissa, uh, my and their kids, which is I had Caden, who's six years old, and Kelsey and Lathan, who are almost five. They're twins, and then my good friend Sam. So yeah, best crew ever. That was super super cool having the kids along. Yeah, it was great to see them in videos too. Lauren, how about you? Who was there for you? I had a lot. I had a mix of people there live with me and people back home. Um, I didn't really use a whole lot of pacers. And so 
Um, my crew there was my partner, Tim. He's the best ever. Um, and then his brother, Phil, was there. So like my brother-in-law. Uh, he's getting ready to run his first 100 miler. And he actually ran the second night with me, which was really, really awesome. Um, and then my friend Eli from here in Atlanta came and he was so great and such a good support. Um, and then I had my two like super best trail buddy friends from back home. They were just like at the ready on the phone anytime I needed like a little boost and they would just talk me through it. And, you know, I sat on the phone for like an hour and a half at a time with each of them, <laughs> just like chatting through the whole thing and just, you know, going to a different place and everything. And they were just, like such a great support. Um, so uh and I also had my friend John who was one of the first uh trail people that I ever met kind of showed me the ropes took me on my first like mountain run ever my first night run ever and he was actually out there crewing as well um so I had like quite a little community and team that was super special it was really awesome yeah that's awesome and uh Cole your plane might be leaving you but that's fine shout out your people first <laughs> Um, shout out to the lobster and mobster crew, um, out of Rhode Island. Um, my amazing wife, Ashley, who's like the crew boss and she's the one that keeps me in check. Um, as you can tell by the cell phone call, um, my dad, who was a part of my crew and that was, they were my two main crew people and Nick, who's this, um, gentleman that I met that ended up pacing me towards the end, the medics, um, the volunteers, everybody that took a really darn good job, uh, in care of me. Um, that wasn't necessarily affiliated through blood and family. I mean, I, I got my money's worth, especially with the, the aid stations and the medic help and all that stuff. So thank you all. Thank you, Air Viper. And um, thank you to all the Beast Coasters out there for believing in me and watching and supporting. And, um, you know, all of that helped us, all, all of us get to the finish line. So thank you. Yeah. And thanks to the three of you for representing the Beast Coast in style and uh coming through for us we were all rooting for you appreciate you listening to me appreciate the interview today ian come on come on back in ian or yep. i'm gonna take the whole show because you know i will <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was good to listen and a couple other things man we are gonna have to dig into an episode uh two here i imagine some of you Lauren, I imagine, I mean, you were a rock star out there. It was fun following the live coverage. We had a plane in our store, uh, pretty much all the, the uh, open hours that it was in here. Uh, Cole, to your point, a couple of times where you were just crawling, I was like, dude, is he even like still like moving forward? And, and Rhoda, I, I was um, cheering for you as you were just kind of uh, what felt like running Cole down there uh, for a little bit. And then Lauren, just seeing the stoke around your finish and it's, it's I mean, it was just so visceral, the emotion in yours and your crew's faces, and it was just awesome. So hopefully hopefully you all appreciated it, and hopefully you passed so many, like, historic, through so many historic places. Hopefully you were able to, I don't know, just appreciate as you went by just how quirky uh, Jerome is as a place and just how cool. Hopefully <laughs> in Sedona, that's such beautiful place and trails in Sedona. So hopefully you were able to appreciate those things uh, going through as well. Yeah, definitely. Right on. Well, hopefully, I imagine um, um, people, other people were reaching out to you for info. Lauren, hopefully you're going to get some uh, cool interview slots uh, coming up and it'd be cool to listen to more of the um, the digestion of it all. And hopefully you all recover. Uh, I know your bodies are probably still eating themselves and a little confused. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, um, I saw, Rhoda, are you signed up for Massanutten this weekend? Yeah. Yeah, oh Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> 
That is East Coast at its finest. <laughs> Are you going to toe the line? Is that the plan? That's the plan, yep. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good, so going to give it a shot. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, man. I love it. A lot of All right. Um, well, thanks for giving us a, a bit of your time uh, all tonight. And then, Rhoda, maybe we're going to have you on back uh, next week with more McDonald's <laughs> in your gut. And, um, uh, you know, and I guess if you're running 250 miles last week and 100 mile this weekend, really, you don't it's have like to. It's like a cool down, right? That's a yeah. mileage right there. Yeah. <laughs> that's just sleeping, sleeping and eating. That's all I got to do this week. <laughs> That's, there's your new there's your new slogan for the road to smoker line of uh, um, East Coast Apparel. Cool. That's awesome. All right. Well, hopefully we can connect with you all, all going forward. And thanks again for uh, giving us some of your time uh, here tonight. Thank Absolutely. You. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, all. And Grace, thanks so much. All right. So let's see. We are going to move into an odd concept of uh, when the uh 100 miler uh the 100 mile trail races weren't just like the the short distance uh event uh, of the night um so uh ryan uh and jess uh on with us to chat on hellbender a little bit uh hellbender is one that just uh, um hopefully uh was pulled off by um the fact aaron that it's by aaron saft right that he's just has the background that he does the knowledge that he does the mileage that he has I imagine really makes a difference uh, in the event. It was a, an actual beautiful course that uh, he has put together. The branding stellar, like the details were, uh, were good. Um, and Ryan and Jess, this was both of your first hellbenders. This was my second. It's your second. Okay. And Jess, my your first. first round. Yeah. 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 And was this, I can't remember what happened in COVID. Was this the second running of hellbender? Or is this the third? This was the third. I think third. I think they ran it in 2018 for the first time. And then I did it. I heard about it and did it in 2019. And then it's been canceled every year since then. So they skipped two years. And the draw. So this is a pretty focal uh, event. Um, Jess, what drew you to Hellbender? Um, I mean, I just love like the, uh, you know, the views and, you know, even though it's not exactly a big loop, but it, it does take, a you know, a lot of, um, different trails that goes all the way up to Mount Mitchell. And just when you see the pictures, they're just incredibly beautiful and it just, it looks incredible. And um, I also, um, this year they were really pushing to have, try to get equal female um, participation, which I mean, I really appreciated, um, even though I, I signed up the first day, but um, <laughs> you know, I, I really appreciated all that they tried to do to make it an inclusive event um, and comfortable for, for women as well. So that was really nice and, to see. And that was calculated into the registration process, right? Like they were having like, whatever, it's like 65 yeah. slots for men and 65 slots for women. And like, that was. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, I, I'm not a mother, but I do have other, you know, running friends that are mothers and it does take a lot of time for them to figure out childcare and, and that kind of a thing to get that sort of commitment to train for and, and go to a hundred miler. So I know that they kind of appreciate that kind of thing. So, mm -hmm. yeah, really nice. And then Ryan, I think I caught in some of your photos of the uh, event, at least on Facebook. So Jess just mentioned like the views and the draw and just how spectacular it was, but then the weather, you guys were pretty socked in, right? Like how, what were the conditions? Yeah, we had uh, three different thunderstorms uh, just in the first 50 miles. Uh, the, the first of those started at uh, 
two thirty in the morning on race morning. So <laughs> I don't think any of us got a good night of sleep because uh, at least those of us that were sleeping in camp under a tin roof, um, we were all pretty much awake from two thirty onward, and we started at the tail end of that thunderstorm. Even um, even in a house, it was it was quite yeah. loud and, and distracting. Yeah. Um, I had earplugs in in anticipation of other people snoring, and the thunder woke me up through the earplugs. Yeah. <laughs> so just what? And I guess uh, it's often a crappy night's sleep right before uh, races yeah. or whatever. But going this was in, particularly yeah. crappy. Particularly <laughs> crappy. And that just adds to the. I mean, there's so much nervous anticipation going into such a burly uh, effort. That, I mean, just to sit there in those wee hours and just listening to the conditions and just making it all the worse, it's just like, man, like, I, I imagine there's some whatever kind of second guessing or whatever going on there. So, um, yeah, I was wondering how bad of a thunderstorm it would take for them to postpone the time of the race. Yeah. But, uh, the well, the entire, I, Ryan and I saw us, saw each other at one of the aid stations and you had spoken to your wife and you had said like, Oh, the next round of storms is going to come in around four. And I knew we were going to be hitting um, Mount Mitchell and the crest trail at that point. And the entire time, like the sun was coming out and I'm thinking, Oh gosh, like if I get stopped at this top of that aid station, like, I don't know how I'm going to, uh, cause they, they said that they could hold people back, but I don't know that it happened. Um, not, not that I heard of. I, I, yeah. 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 So tell us, and mentioning some people might know uh, Mount Mitchell and um, just having been up there, I know on a nice day, Mount Mitchell is a pretty spectacular place to be maybe under a thunderstorm, not so much. Um, but tell us um, a bit about uh, the course and whoever wants to lead in there. So for those that aren't familiar with Hellbender, give us a kind of the overall uh, or some of the nitty gritty, however that goes. You, you want to go ahead, Jess? Let's go. How about Ryan? You've uh, yeah. Um, froze a so, second. Jess, hopefully it unfreeze here in, in a, a second. Uh, so Ryan, with you having two runnings and under your belt, tell us a bit about the uh, Hellbender course, and then maybe if Jess unfreezes, sure. At least you're frozen in a there decent. You there you are. <laughs> At least you're frozen in a decent spot. It's not like you know you were. In any yeah. case, Ryan, you've run it twice. Tell us a little bit about the course, and then maybe so, Jess, you can weigh in on uh, if that's kind of what you were expecting, or if it if it kind of met what you were expecting. I guess. So it's it's all uh, in the Black Mountains. It's sort of a, a lollipop with a, can you see my finger? A lollipop with sort of a figure eight at the top of it. Um, so you start and finish on the same 20, 25 mile section of trail, and um, the the high point of the course is uh, Mount Mitchell, which is the high point of the East Coast at uh, just under sixty seven hundred feet. So it's pretty high up there, and then the valleys are just below 2000 feet. So you get a good 4,000 foot difference between the low points and the high points. Uh, and that's what really drew me to this course because it's, it's got the elevation profile of, uh, you know, Colorado or West coast race, but uh, you know, all the greenery of uh, the East coast uh, and, you know, you can also drive to it from where we are. <laughs> um, so you're basically just doing a series of three to 4,000 foot climbs uh, hitting these ridges. Sometimes you're staying along the ridge. Uh, in the case of um, the climb up Mount Mitchell, we did Mitchell, and then we did a bunch of other 6,000 foot peaks in rapid succession after that, uh, which is uh, unfortunately where a lot of people got stuck in some horrific thunderstorms. Yeah. Uh, so it, the, I, and the, the first half of the course is uh, steeper and has more single track. And the second half, they put in a lot of uh, fire road to be merciful to us 
Yeah. And then Jess, were you aware of some of those specs going in and how'd you find the course uh, as you were going through it? Yeah, I, you know, in, in training, I was thinking about, you know, that's something that we don't necessarily have in York, New Jersey, that we're, we're kind of used to lots of thousand, maybe 1500 foot climbs, but I knew that these were going to be several of the 3000 foot. So I was, you know, trying to prepare for that, doing these really long, um, even just like road climbs and stuff like that, just to, to practice climbing for hours on end. And that was, that was really what you had to be able to do um, was just, you know, kind of put your head down and, and get up those climbs. Um, and yeah, it was, I mean, I was really fortunate in that when I got to the summit of Mitchell, it was socked in and there was an aid station there. And just as I was leaving the aid station along the crest, which is probably the most beautiful part of the course, just the skies opened up. It was completely blue sky, beautiful. And it was, and then as I'm getting down the crest in each view, the sky's getting a little darker, a little darker, and then you're hearing the thunder and it just was, you feel like you're racing against time, but that's the adventure of it, right? Like, is you're, you're just really in those exposed mountains that are, um, really incredible. And you know, you're going to the most remote part of those, that, that course right out, you know, after Mitchell. So what an adventure. And it's <laughs> hopefully it was hopefully still draining pretty well. I mean, it's not like you were in the lowlands where it's just pooling. So hopefully the trails were kind of shedding water or not so much. <laughs> not so much. Hit and miss. Hit uh -huh. and miss. Um, coming down off the crest uh, is where I got stuck in that second thunderstorm. And that trail I think is rocky enough that you're not getting pools of well there were some pools of water i'll take that back but it wasn't terrible um but I, I think the first yeah i think the first um thunderstorm was like for me a muddier descent so it was it just turned yeah. into a slip and slide kind of a event yeah, there was a but... lot of uh use of the poles on those downhills for me <laughs> <laughs> and that design is is pretty solid in terms of just how he laid it out with more technical stuff and then front loaded yeah. and then more runnable back. I mean, that end up kind of going or flowing like that. I imagine you were pretty appreciative in the back end or do you, is that good course design? <laughs> or everybody so beat up at that point that it's like, ah, I don't know, it all runs together. It, it worked out well enough for me the last time I ran it, not so much this time. Uh, if you If you have the legs for it, there's a lot of runnable terrain in the back half of this race, but I did not have the legs for it. Mm -hmm. I um like, so the overnight and that there's like the Buncombe horse trail. I saw someone was just mentioning that is um, I guess it just kind of goes down and then you kind of go back up like a, a longer Ridge, I guess, but it's just, it was so windy and like these high howling winds that made it, even though it should have been more runnable, like it just felt um, and possibly slow and it was night. So you just felt like you were just moving really slow. And I didn't feel like I got my legs under me until the sun rose again. Um, and um, there's like a really nice kind of just fire road descent um, into one of the aid stations. And it wasn't until that point that I'm like, okay, I think I can finish this. But, <laughs> you know, in the overnights, you're like, oh, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's it, um, Even the aid station was under this tarp that, I mean, it looked like a tent. We were inside the, <laughs> you know, they were really... Um, Someone's saying 70 mile per hour winds. Yeah, I, it felt like it. I don't know if it was or not. Um, that that made it that part made it challenging. But once the sun rose, I did feel I was able to a little bit. <clears throat> I mean, you guys are both probably more experienced than I am in terms of uh, hundred milers. Uh, but it seems like that's the one of the biggest suggestions or encouragement that I can always give to people in hundreds uh, is just make it to sunrise. Just because things change, if you can just make it to sunrise. Um, and so it's pretty wild how that works. Um, yeah. 
and a pretty, I mean, Ryan, the fact that you went back for round two is a testament to uh, enjoy the courts, enjoy the uh, event. Uh, Jess, would you go back for, for round two? Was it, uh, I know, yeah, you know like, I, yeah, I do a course once and I kind of move on or I won't uh, double up on a race, but, uh, do you want to see it under better conditions or was it kind of a, I don't know, let's take away feeling. I it? know. I, I, I think I would, I would, I actually would like to just spend more time in the area. I'm, I'm friends with someone who's spending a week out there. Um, it's just like, there's so many amazing trails in that area. And even though you're on a hundred miles of them, it, it, I mean, there's so much more to explore too. So I think, yeah, it, w- it would be nice to um, to be able to see it again. And exactly, like I do feel like I maybe under better conditions could have run a little bit faster, but it's so hard to tell because yeah. <laughs> um, it is so so um, you know conditions dependent. I think, but I might go back. Yeah, <laughs> it's and so then, beautiful and the and really well well supported. And then Ryan, a split decision for you where you had a uh, fairly cleaner running and then this one, the wheels fell off a little bit. So now you yeah. got to go back and tip the uh, tip the odds um, back in the good. I, I kind of feel like I got both ends of the spectrum in the in the two times that I did this race. Uh, I would want to go back and do the first 50 miles and then call it quits because that's that's pretty much what I wanted to do this year. Uh-huh. <laughs> the, the first 50 is the fun part. And then the second 50 is mud and fire roads. Okay. Uh, well, all right. So that can see that being a split decision too. I'm earlier, I guess just a few minutes ago where I said, is that a pretty good course design where you get more runnable at the back end? I'm going to guess if you're getting more of the beauty and the trails and what you're going for in that front end, then I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you just need a 50 mile version then. <laughs> I yeah, honestly, so- I felt like the last, last 25 miles felt completely new to me because we were completely in the fog in the beginning, <laughs> at least Ryan, you've seen it before, but I hadn't. So I, I kept like, stopping and waiting for someone like am i on the right section because it's you're so bleary-eyed and it looks so different um you know all the downhills you're now going up and you're like i don't remember going downhill for this long and it just seems (laughs) but i i don't know that was new to me anyway but and so what do you guys got coming up so uh road a smoker and the last uh segment there is following up uh cocodona with mass and nothing this weekend are you guys towing the line at uh you know, Highlands, we're both, and I know, Jess, I can probably fill that gap with eight station support if you want to just jump in the 100K. Um, I, and I, Brian, you've been known to do yeah. stupid things. So, what do you both have coming up? <laughs> uh, I, I don't think I'll be quite that stupid, but uh, I have um, Manitou's Revenge coming up in six weeks or so. And then uh, Fat Dog is my other 100 miler for the year. And you have a pretty burly year. I did check out your lineup um earlier i think when you first posted it and i revisited it this week you got some beautiful events i mean fat dog's supposed to be spectacular some some people would call it ambitious yes 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 and then jess what do you got on deck i think i'm just doing run ventures for the summer but i'll do no business this fall so oh cool uh that's in october so yep yeah right on um, well, congrats to both of you for uh, getting through a pretty early day uh, out there. Thanks for weighing in on it with us here, uh, this episode. And thanks for being patient while we uh, ran a little bit long there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I will, Jess, I will see you this weekend. And then Ryan, I'm sure I'll cross paths yeah. with you at some point. Too. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Thanks for having right. us on. Thanks yeah, for having us. So totally. Hey. All right. See ya. All right. Moving on to. Ryan. Hello. What's up? Thanks. Thanks for your patience too. So, um, so was it, uh, did you, you feel like this past weekend at the, uh, Sasquatch Adventures, uh, big bear squash, uh, that you looked more like a squash than anybody else in the field. And that's probably why you got the win. Uh, 
I mean, it definitely helps, right? Mm -hmm. it, yeah. it certainly helps. Yeah, that's sure, fantastic. Sure, shaved off a few seconds. So, what? Uh, tell us about Big Bear Squatch and what? Um, I think this was the inaugural running, right, for this round. And yeah, I guess the the first one, Kim Levinsky created the route. Yes, through Sasquatch Trail Runners, pretty pretty sweet route. It goes, uh, well, it starts in Anthony Wayne, that parking area, goes up West Mountain to the Timp, and then routes some trails in and around. And it's it's a great mix of technical terrain, runnable terrain, and yeah. It was awesome. And the distance, I, I'm spacing in the moment. What was the distance of it? it it's a marathon. Uh, okay. with, it's 6,000 feet of vert, I guess. But my, my watch was a little under both of that. Like uh -huh. tw 25 miles and like 5,000 feet. And this is bringing in a little bit. Did you run the North Face Bear Mountain stuff when it was running? I, I did not. That that was uh, before I started doing the, the trip. I did the 5K there, actually. Okay. And so Kim is weaving back in some of the trails. It's kind of a new route, right? As mine is not just hashing back out the North Face. The North Face, I feel like, started fairly rugged the first year or two, and then they softened it, I think, to bring in more of the masses. Mm -hmm. I think Kim, with so much experience in that area, was dialing in some more of the pretty spectacular trail networks that weren't necessarily on that same course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That, yeah, I, I ran the course with a few guys that uh, have done the, the marathon, and I heard it the other courses a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so but I, I haven't ran that course honestly, and I, I'm not sure what that looks like. Yeah, yeah. North Face. Um, yeah. And was this your first Sasquad event, or have you done some others? Yeah, this was my first Sasquad event. Mm -hmm. And so, um, if you were and you got you got some of the crummy weather that was on the east coast this weekend as well. Um, yeah. you, guys, you guys got pretty wet too, right? Yeah, um, it rained pretty hard the, the day before, and up until we started really and honestly the first mile it it kind of just disappeared maybe like a little drizzle here and there up until i finished maybe like six hours in i think it started to rain again and then some sleet and hail after that so some of the uh -huh. the other runners got into that, that but that. Mm -hmm. but yeah the, the trails were were a muddy mess and and yeah the rocks were slick mm-hmm and do you feel like since it's a Sasquatch and every event is a trail uh, party uh, with their logo? I mean, do you think that um, that inhibited the, um, the disco ball uh, party atmosphere uh, afterward? Or do you feel like there's still some rocking out going on there with the trail party? Yeah, I mean, everyone was was chilling, having a good time. It looked like with smiles on their face, even though the weather was definitely not in everybody's favor. But I think we all and, made a good time out of it. And it was a good turnout, right? Was there a couple hundred entrants? I yeah, um... I think there was just under a couple hundred. There was definitely over a hundred in the, the half marathon. And I think there was like 40 entrants in the marathon. Okay. Um, just watching the, all of you go off in the post-race clip, it looked like a solid uh, turnout for bringing it back. And hopefully that'll continue to grow yeah, uh, really well uh, based mm -hmm. on the history of events uh, there. Um Cool. And then what uh, What else you got on deck? Are you, have you done a bunch of trail running prior and this is just your first Sasquatch event? Are you newer into the trail scene? Um, like I, I kind of started during COVID and ran my first ultra in 2020. Nice. But uh, yeah, I, like my big, I like to do the bigger races. Uh, this was just like, you know, preseason. I thought, why not? It, it's where I train, you know. Mm -hmm. so, um, but I did the SRT 70 last year and I'm hoping to do some version of Ken Levinsky's like Hudson Highlands 100 route. 
Yeah, cool. Um, just like you know, for fun. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe FKT. We'll see. Right on. Yeah, that's a pretty uh, burly and spectacular route. You might as well just come join us for Hudson uh, or the uh, Highlands Trail Fest this weekend and get it. Get your fair chunk of a share uh, in there. All right. Um, but that is a pretty spectacular route that you put together. Yeah, I think so. Cool. Um, right on. Um, well, congrats. And so this was the first event. So you technically got the course record out there at the moment. Is that is that how that goes? Uh, I guess so. Yeah. It's outstanding. So yeah. nice work on your first uh, course record uh, in addition to win. Thank you. Yeah, man. Um, well, cool. Well, thanks for coming on uh, for a little bit with us uh, here this evening. And it would be great to catch up with you at another point and just kind of see where it all goes for you. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. All right. Thanks, Brian. Yep. See you later. Yeah. All right. Ryan, thanks for your patience, man. Um, no worries at all. Thanks. Sorry, we got a little bit uh, a little bit back here. Um, and for all those still tuning in, uh, thanks. Well, this will be our last uh, event focus of this uh, episode or this round. And focusing on the Greenbelt uh, 50K. Uh, and Ryan, tell us a little bit about the Greenbelt. Was this there? Has this been a long time running? I know like the, I see the running club logo that puts it on. Has it been going for a while? Yeah. So Glurk has had this event for uh, probably, I'd say, over a decade now. Um, but like the last couple of years, it's it's gotten a little more traction. People have been coming from uh, upstate and, you know, Connecticut to to come and race, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, it was, a um, as everyone was, has been kind of saying that had races on the East coast this weekend, like that Saturday morning, it was just brutal with the rain and wind and everything. And even like protected by the trees, um, like the rain was just coming down and made for some pretty sloppy conditions overall. And what's the, it uses or, Tell us a bit about the uh, the grade. Is this like a rail trail grade? Tell us about the Greenbelt Trail. So uh, there's two Greenbelt Trails uh, on Long Island. There's the Nassau one, which uh, this was on the northern part of it. Um, and like the first three or four miles are pretty runnable and you could, you could get some um, quick miles in there. But once you get north of um, Stillwell Woods in Syosset, you hit like the Cold Spring Harbor section, which is definitely more technical rudy um and then once the rain really picked up you kind of had some rivers running through um parts of the course that made it a little more tough to go up and down and kind of um cut some time off so this is good mix so you've got i mean when it's not mm -hmm. under crazy conditions it so there's some single track in there a double track or what's the um i would say a majority of it is single track um mm -hmm. the uh, luck luckily, because the weather was bad, we didn't have a lot of um, walkers on the northern section by Cold Spring Harbor. Um, you do have like a lot of like hikers and mm -hmm. people that go out because it's it's one of the nicer parts uh, and trails in the area. But yes, yeah, I would say single track for most of it. Nice, nice resource. And this was a point to point format. So back. the so there was the the 50k which I did, and then there was the 25k. The 50k was. Um, point to point to point to point um okay yeah so it was it was two out and backs uh and then, then the 25k which started uh an hour later was just uh out and back okay and does it run pretty smooth out there I and mean, there's enough room for passing with the out and backs or it's not really an issue? um yeah for the most part i would say um but like we we got a little lucky with the 50k we had probably about an hour hour 10 minutes where we didn't have rain in the beginning 
um, since it was an early start. But once that rain came down, like the parts, the single track, like if the, the middle section that everyone was running on um, became very, very, very muddy and sloppy and it, it became a little tough to pass. Um, and there uh -huh. were some sections you had to kind of run behind people for a few seconds before, you know, you could get around and everything. Okay. Uh, and what, uh, how big is the race? How many people did it roughly? Uh, it was a little light this year with participants. I think there were 40 or 50 finishers, mm -hmm. um, on the 50 K and, uh, the 25 K probably had like 60 or 70. Okay. Um, and what, um, there's a couple of events that use the green belt trail, right? Or maybe it was this the only one that uses that section. And maybe there's some other events that use different sections. So, uh, the Nassau Greenbelt, uh, this is the only event, to my knowledge, okay. that uses it. But the um, the Suffolk one, they do shore to shore, which I think you had someone on last week that um, was talking about that race a little bit. Okay. Um, yeah, there's two, because I haven't run either of those. Uh, I, don't, well, I don't think I've run those sections. It kind of blends together in my head, or I can't lie. <laughs> I have associative value. Um, cool. Um, and what uh, what else you got going on? What Anything that's uh, uh, coming up on your end? Yeah, next up is actually your race in uh, Ithaca. Cayuga oh, you doing Cayuga? Trails. Mm -hmm. Oh, right on. Uh, 50K, 50 mile, what are you doing? 50, 50 miler. I, that was actually my first ultra I did a couple of years back. So I'm, I'm looking to um, set a PR on the course for myself. Yeah. Uh -huh. Right on. Well, thanks for coming back and joining the mix uh, again. And so that was a good uh, training effort in terms of uh, building up. Are you feeling feeling pretty good? Yeah, I'm. Uh, my, the first half of this year, I'm kind of doing some of the shorter distances, and then as I get on to the longer um, stuff in the the latter half of the year. Okay, and are you going further than Cayuga? What do you What do you got after that? Yep. So uh, June fourth is uh, Cayuga, and then on um, June June twenty something, I have. Uh, it's, it's a Friday start. It's in uh, South Dakota. Um, oh, wow. But it's a 100-miler, and then um, I'm, I'm on a wait list right now for 100-miler eastern states in Pennsylvania. Um, and then I'm doing a point-to-point uh, -point, uh, Buffalo to Brooklyn in October, which oh, I'm wow. looking forward you got, to. You do have a big back – well, big year as a whole, but for sure in terms mm -hmm. of the mileage, a big back half. So, wow. yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. South Dakota, what, what, what took you – interest to South Dakota. I was a, I was a grad assistant coach out there in the um, nice. last two years. So I'm um, looking to go back, uh, reconnect with some friends that I made and uh, hopefully I'm um, hopefully shoot for a course record on there. Um, and we'll see. It's, it's uh, such a nice area. So I'm really looking forward to, it, especially in the summertime. I've never been out there in the summer. Uh huh. So that's great. Cool. Imagine that'll be fun to go back and hopefully any of your runners going to come out and cheer or crew or whatever. Uh, still working on it. Uh, I have yeah. someone, I have a buddy out in Phoenix that's going to be flying up and uh, we'll be hanging out for a few days and he'll be crewing me, uh, which would be really cool. Cool. And then Eastern States, how far down on the wait list are you? Uh, I started at 54 and now I'm at 22. So I'm feeling, awesome. I'm feeling pretty optimistic. Feeling that pretty I'm, good uh, about the odds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, right on. And will it be your first Eastern States or have you done that one? It'll be my first Eastern States, but I, I went to school in um, Manfield, Pennsylvania. So oh, right, uh, mm -hmm. the, right by the Grand Canyon. So I'm familiar with some of the trails, but it'll be cool to be, be able to um, go around the, um, the Grand Canyon and kind of explore some of the more rural parts. And then following the, um, 
forgetting the name of the trail. What's your what's the big uh, point to point that you mentioned closing out the uh, Empire the Empire State Empire Trail. State trail. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and there was a uh, was it I can't remember was it relay fashion or individuals what was the initial kind of opening event that they associated with the empire state trail there was something right a couple years i know they did something with the um cyclists doing that okay um i'm not i'm not too familiar if there were um runners that have done i know uh, a guy here on long island did it two two summers ago uh in like 10 or 11 days so all right um, and so is that the, the current FKT, so to speak, is around 10 or 11 days somewhere in there? Is it? Uh, or you haven't really looked into it? I haven't looked into it, but I would, I would presume that was probably, um, probably close to that. But I'm looking to hopefully do it in under a week. And what's the total distance? It's like uh, 555 miles. 555. Cool. So like three, three plus marathons a day. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and what month are you trying to do it? Uh, it's going to be the third week of October, it looks like. October. Right on. Um, well, maybe we can catch up again around that time or, um, for sure, uh, plug it or catch you out there. Um, well, great job, man. Nice work on, uh, green belt and it would be, uh, cool to see you and catch up in person here in a uh, month or so at, at Cayuga. So thanks for coming back and joining us here again. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, dude. Right on. All right. And thanks for your patience again, uh, Ryan. And thanks for some of your time tonight. No worries. See you. Right, see you. All right, another round of TC Live. I've uh, been too busy to see what we've got going on at deck uh, next weekend, or next week, rather, for the TC Live, um, putting on the uh, Highlands Trail Festival this weekend. Uh, so hopefully that will go well. Uh, thanks to any who are going to come out and join us, uh, either as entrants or volunteers. And um, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for you all tuning in. I'm grateful for the uh, guests that we had on tonight and their time. And for any of you who t- just take the uh, the moment just to if you appreciate uh, the work that we're doing, uh, like the stations, share it in your own network. And if you're so inclined, uh, hop on as a Patreon uh, supporter. So uh, thank you so much again. And uh, until uh, next week, see you.